Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Of course, we are now just a couple days, a day away, depending on when you're listening to this. Auburn's final home game of the season. They take on Western Kentucky. Pretty good group of five team. One of the better group of five teams in the country. Certainly a prolific passing offense. They'll come into Jordan-Hare Stadium at 3 p.m. Central Time on SEC Network as Cadillac Williams looks to grab a winning record as Auburn's interim interim coach. Of course, they defeated Texas A&M last weekend, and I think his first game against Mississippi State was a loss. Um, so looking to improve to two and one. Speaking of the coach, though, as we're joined here, the roundtable, of course, with Jason Caldwell, Philip Marshall, and Mark Murphy. The coaching search is still ongoing. Uh, been a lot of buzz over the past 48 hours or so as we record this on thursday evening for for who we've had as our lead candidate for for some time now um hearing a lot on both sides philip about um you know lane kiffin and whether old miss has made an offer back to him was the report today and um you know we were talking about before we got started seems like after they get done with arkansas this weekend we we might this thing might start getting rolling a little bit more here in the early stages of next week whether whether he takes that offer, whether it gets announced by Ole Miss, if that if that's even accurate at the moment, but that is that is the report that uh, that Ole Miss has offered him a, a bigger contract, and whether he takes that and that becomes official early next week could be uh, could be pretty telling in terms of what direction the search goes. Well, I don't think that uh, first thing I don't think that I think the amount per year is kind of a peripheral thing here. I don't I don't think. Uh, if if Auburn wants him, they'll pay what they'll pay him however much. Uh, I, I think the a guaranteed contract, if that's what he is demanding, asking that that may be a little bit tougher nut to crack. Uh, I mean, just look at Texas A and M, <laughs> but uh, I mean a long a long term deal like that. Uh, but, I, you know, I think the thing is that some people have a hard time accepting that this is a different day at Auburn and that uh, really the only two people that that know a lot are John Cohen and Rich McGlynn and, and perhaps also, I'm sure, if he chooses to, uh, uh, Chris Roberts. Uh so I keep I keep reading things and hearing things about sources say and sources close to and sources this and sources that, and I, I just don't know who those sources could be because I 
I don't believe that uh, that John Cohen or Rich McGlynn are walking around the Auburn Athletic Department telling people, uh, yeah, we, we're leaning toward this guy. We want that guy. So it's hard to know. Uh, be better for people like us if, if, if things were leaking out like they usually do. But, uh, but that hasn't been the case. Uh, you know, if, if I had to bet, I would still bet on Lane Kiffin. Uh, but I certainly don't think that is a uh, guarantee of anything. I think that, uh, uh, one, he's, he's got to want to take it. And two, uh, Oliver's got to offer the job. And at la- the last I heard, uh, there was not a firm offer of a job. Uh, now, I'm sure they have discussed things about how much and how long and uh, all those kinds of things. But uh, uh, I think it's still got a ways to go. And, uh, you know, we've talked before about the possibility of somebody out there that we have not talked about, who's not been discussed, who's not been speculated about. And I believe that's a possibility, too. Uh, I believe Hugh Freeze is a definite possibility. To me... Those are the those are the most likely options right now. Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze, or uh, somebody else uh, that that we have not necessarily uh, discussed. But it's going to be interesting, and it's it's you know it's getting fairly near the end. Uh, and then the, <laughs> it'll be people can quit obsessing. But uh, for now. It's it's just it's hard to say where things stand really, and uh, except that they are clearly still vetting people, talking to agents, et cetera. And uh, but you would do that. You're going to do that until until the deal is done, because you got you have to be prepared in case. Even if you think it's going to be done, you've got to be prepared in case it's not. So uh, anyway, that's not much, but that's about all I got. Yeah, I think if you're an Auburn fan, just hold on a little bit longer. You can see the light here. Should be inside. You should be inside two weeks of this thing being done. I would think that's that's pretty much for certain um, with how fast you'd have to get higher in place to be ready for the transfer portal open, to be ready for the signing period. Um, we hope. We hope. So you know, I would think that obviously after the regular season is done is when they'll is when they'll make a move. You know, Jason, we were talking about it before we got rolling. Um, a lot of stuff coming from the Ole Miss side as well when it comes to somebody like Lane Kiffin. And again, like Philip said, uh, you know, if you listen to this, if you're out there, you know, reading stuff like everybody is, uh, you know, just be wary of, of you know, not you know, being sure you you place your trust in the in the right places. At the same time, you know, I I the be- again at the beginning, I cited the the report today from the Ole Miss side of things that that Lane Kiffin had been offered a contract like an extension and or whatever, whatever you want to call it there at Ole Miss, obviously, you know, that's, there's no way to know that that's 100% for truth, but you know, it's, it's, it's at the point now where it's been going on so long that, and I say so long and, you know, it's, it's, it's been going on as long as, as it's been necessary um, that stuff is just continuing to, to sort of fly up. Um, and now it's, now it's coming from the Ole Miss side as well. You're having um, reporters over there and, and people getting a little bit more involved because Kiffin has been, just the big topic over the past you know, two or three days. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, 
there, our, our buddy Ross Dellinger tweeted something earlier. Said, "Listen to everything, believe nothing." In turn, when coaching searches go on, that, that that's a cautionary tale for for fans. Um, you, you pay attention to it, but and here's what happens in these things. We've we've seen it time and time and time again. When you start getting information like this flooding out, it comes from people who want that information out. The agent side of things. That's that's what happens in these situations. Nobody wants this out more than Jimmy Sexton because all it does is push up the price tag of his guy. And so that's where these things come from a lot of times. And so you have to people have to remember that. Here's the other part of this. This is not a normal search because it didn't happen at the end of the season. This happened during a season. Hey, this is not a normal search. This wasn't going to get finished, you know, in five days. People think that happens, you know, when you end of the year, you have somebody ready to go. Well, this is this is not normal. This is one because you do it for this very reason. You do it to be able to get the right guy, to be able to do all the things you need to do, um, to run down a list. And I believe it's a very long list. Um, it's not just two or three folks. I think there's a substantial list of people that they have vetted, um, background, looked at everything. That's just just early impressions. That's that's the early impressions I get of John Cohen, that he is a guy that's going to be very detailed. We know Rich McGlynn. He's, that's who he is. And so, um, Mark, we've seen, we've seen these things before. This one, it's just different because it happened during a season. And because of that, it's not going to finish um, with two football games left in regular season, is it? Yeah, I still think it's probably going to be shortly after the Alabama game before anything's announced. And uh, I agree. I think they've looked at a lot of different people and, you know, certainly a lot of talk from the, the Ole Miss current coach and the former Ole Miss coach. And, you know, I talked to, to uh, some folks today who were very close to the situation over at Ole Miss and guys who know Freeze very well. And they told me, they said, look, you know, Freeze – would definitely be interesting coming back in the SEC, but it's not a slam dunk because he's got an unbelievable situation at Liberty. Um, not only is he being paid very, very well up there, you know, if he stays a little bit longer, he gets his $2 million house paid for. He's got all kinds of um, golf club memberships, and that's something he loves to do. The thing he likes to do as much as coach football is play golf. And, uh, you know, if you come to Auburn, there's probably not going to be as much golf time um, uh, trying to rebuild a program as you've got up there at Liberty right now. So uh, uh, I'm curious to see which way they go. I I really don't know. Somebody asked me, do you think Lane Kiffin's the favorite? I said, I think he's a very serious candidate, but I'd take the field instead of taking Lane Kiffin right now. If you had to ask me who's going to be the next head coach, guys. Yeah, that's. I think that's the smart way to lean just because of the direction these things go and um you know your leading candidate very rarely i mean i'd i'd love to you know see a see you know average out averaged out data of every co coaching search ever and you know, who who was the leading candidate after a week or two weeks and how often that actually ends up being the person um very rarely does it does it end up that way um the merits of these two jobs are being debated a lot uh mostly by Mostly by fans, uh, you know, people talking about you know, the pedigree that Auburn brings versus Ole Miss. Really, Philip, at the end of the day, Auburn has the advantages when it not only it comes to 
their history and and just what type of program they are. Um, also have the NIL money that's going on a lot better here than it is at Ole Miss. You also have a brand new facility and uh, really, you know, you have better recruiting um, success in your history. And I, I say all that to say that um, it's, it's it's a pretty easy argument. And, and really, at the end of the day, if it if it does end up that they have offered Lane Kiffin to be the next head coach, the ball will be completely in his court to make this decision. Um, and, you know, from from a zoomed out perspective, I, th- I would think most college football fans who don't have a dog in the fight between Ole Miss and Auburn would agree that Ole Miss might be easier, might be, you know, something where you could, like Mark said, you, you, there's a little less pressure because um, it is a little bit, you know, it's obviously the SC West, maybe a little bit less pressure of a job than a job like Auburn. But um, Auburn is still the, I think, the bigger gig between those two. I don't I don't really think there's much argument there, despite how much we've seen on, on social media this week. Well, there's no argument, really. Uh, I mean, and yet, I think sometimes you have to remember we're talking about programs, not not a season. Ole Miss has a better team than Auburn does. But as far as the program, Auburn literally has more of everything, uh, more history, uh, more more money, a better recruiting base, more donor support, more fan support. Uh, and Ole Miss has not won a championship of any kind in, in 59 years, since 1963. Never been to the SEC championship game. Uh, really, it's not, and that's, I'm not knocking Ole Miss. I, Oxford's one of my favorite places to go. I, I like going to Oxford. And, uh, but in terms of the ceiling of the program, what you can accomplish, uh, Auburn has won a national championship in recent history, has won an SEC championship, has uh, played for a national championship. It's, it's, uh, it's, there really is no comparison, honestly. And uh, there's a reason when you look at all of history, Ole Miss and Mississippi State have, uh, have been, what, since, since, the, since integration, they have been uh, what they are. And uh, Lane Kiffin's done a great job there. There's no doubt. But I have to wonder if he, if he believes he can sustain that at Ole Miss. Sure. And that would be the, that would be the reason to take this job. Um, you know, somebody brought up that, uh, you know, always the record against Alabama, the record against LSU for him or whatever, you know, Tommy Tuberville didn't, didn't beat out or beat Alabama once or didn't beat him at all at Ole Miss. I don't think. Didn't beat him at all. Then you, then you come to Auburn and you rattle off six straight different time, different era did much different Alabama team, but still the point, the point stands that that's not necessarily a, a, an apt comparison. It's not, apples to apples in terms of the resources that you that you'd have at a place like Auburn so um, moving on from the search now you know it is senior day as we talked about at the outset a little bit in this game on on Saturday Jason on, on Tiger Talk tonight they said 24 seniors will be honored um, in this game the thing about senior day 2020 senior day 2021 this year probably next year as well it is not your standard. Here are the guys that were on the team the last four it's years. Not. It's going to be, uh, you know, I, I was laughing about it because you look at the roster and, um, you know, Nehemiah Pritchett and DJ James were just invited to the senior bowl. Well, they're, they're listed on the roster as juniors because they get that red shirt junior designation. So there's just, there's stuff all over the place. You've got, you know, sixth year Juco guys. You've got a seventh year offensive lineman. Um, but, but all in all, this is a group, Jason, that has, um, you know, it's going to be remembered by Auburn fans like like some of these other groups 
this group's been through a lot. Uh, two coaching changes. They had COVID pretty much smack dab in the middle of of their Auburn careers. But uh, at the end of the day, they're they're going to be some pretty talented players um, recognized, despite this being a being a pretty bad season that probably won't end in a bowl game. Um, some pretty talented players recognized on on Saturday that have that have done a lot for this program over the past few years. Yeah, and you know they haven't done as much as as I'm sure they had hoped. Um, when you look at at the record, the accomplishments, those kind of things, but you look at at you know what they've been able to do, and and you know you beat Alabama in 2019, and you know ended the streak in LSU. They've done some some of these things in individual games where you look at it, and and you look at, at some of the players and the accomplishments they've had, and you know um, some of the records that these guys have have set. A guy like John Samuel Schinker uh, at tight end. When you look at it, uh, you know it's again it, it is a big group. And what you don't know is you're right is is who else is included in that group and who else might go through a senior day and says, Hey, I'm not planning on coming back or who's not going through senior day that may end up being gone. You know, the group is what 24, 25, you, who knows? You may be 10 more though. It may be 35 guys you have to replace after this season. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It's much different senior day um, because of the way things have changed and, Hey, let's face it. Senior days will never be like they used to be, where you had, you know, twenty guys that came through together and been there four or five years and had been beside each other the whole time. Now you're gonna have four or five guys that are that might have been here two years. One of them may have been one, uh, maybe more than four or five, to be quite honest. And so, yeah, it's very different senior day, but it's it's an opportunity to celebrate these guys, and it's really more about this team, I think, and and kind of what they've been through. Going, hey, look. Guys stuck with it, kept playing hard, and they did. Um, it wasn't always great, but these guys never backed down, and that's something to be celebrated. It wasn't didn't go well, um, and it was going to be a it was going to be a struggle from from the get go, and we all expected it to be. Um, but they continued to work hard and fight, and they got a chance to to go out and end this thing on a high note on Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, you look at last year. I, I was looking at this a couple days ago. I'm not sure if, if these are the guys that walked out 
on the field last year at senior day, but at least Auburn had a tweet midweek um, of last year's senior day where, you know, showing the players that will be honored. I'm not, again, I'm not sure if they actually did walk out, but from this graphic, 10 players from that graphic chose to play again. They, they are currently playing football again this season. I think Brandon Council was included in there. Um, Anders Carlson was included in there. So, you know, a couple injury related things. He had a couple guys that transferred elsewhere. Um, and so, you just never know. Uh, Mark, you look at this, you know, over the last four years, if if you were to go from the traditional sense um, and, and start from the 2019 recruiting class, that would be, you know, fourth year seniors right now. Um, that group has a record of 27 and 22, including 16 and 17 in SEC play. Um, and I think, you know, from from that group, guys that are going to stand out, um, it's a guy like a is a guy like a Colby Wooden, guys like Derek Hall um, and, and Owen Papo, who all of whom are probably going to end up being being NFL draft picks. And and look, for guys like Wooden and Derek Hall, um, they are absolutely happy at the moment that they chose to come back for their um, you know fourth seasons with the program, with the way that they've probably improved their draft stock this year. Yeah, both of those guys have had really good seasons. When, and when you look at who they're replacing, you just mentioned the three most critical guys. Um, I think on the team, they're going to be the most difficult to replace. And whoever takes over as head coach, they're going to have some major work to do in the transfer portal and, and the early signing period right before Christmas when most of the best guys are uh, making their decisions out of the high school ranks and also with junior college. So there's a lot of moving parts coming in and out. Uh, the 2023 roster ought to look really different, particularly on the offensive line. There's a half a dozen guys in this senior uh, day group that will be honored that has, have started games this season. And uh, there's not going to be a lot of guys returning for 2023 on the offensive line who played football for the Tigers. So that's, you know, a big wow for whoever takes over as head coach next season, guys. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of work to do, and a lot of it will be in the transfer portal. Um, we talked about it a couple episodes ago, but and it's going to be like this now every year with, with it opening there at the beginning of the December, um, you know, first first week of December, I believe, um, December 5th. And so that'll be crazy as soon as that thing's open. Um, you know, there's just going to be a lot of bullets flying every which way in terms of both departures and guys that Auburn is looking to add. And that'll that'll be, you know, that'll be a big case of that this year and then probably along you know, in the future as well. But this year, especially. When you're looking at, like Mark mentioned, the line of scrimmage, that's a really big place Auburn needs to be looking. Um, Jason, you look at this Western Kentucky team, um, prolific offense, of course, in terms of the passing game. Everyone knows about Bailey Zappi from from last year. Um, obviously, Zach Kitley was in the running to be Auburn's offensive coordinator at one point or another. Both of them are gone, but it's still a team that throws the ball the eighth most of anybody in the country in terms of passing yards per game. Um, they're top five nationally. And if you look, I mean, they've had a they've had a couple bad games. Um, still top 30 nationally in a yards per play defense. It's a it's a it's one of the better group of five teams in the country that that should give Auburn some struggles, at least relatively, or maybe over the course of four quarters. I mean, they're only a five and a half point um underdog on the road in this game, and they should be able to give Auburn some troubles here. Yeah, this is this is kind of the the worst maybe matchup for this Auburn team because this Auburn team is not real dynamic on offense. And, um, you know, you look and, you know, I think Auburn's going to be able to run the football against West Kentucky. I, I think that'll be the case. But can they find some plays in a passing game? And, and you look, you, you mentioned West Kentucky defensively. 
Yeah, they haven't been great, but but they forced 30 turnovers this year. They lead the nation in forced turnovers. Well, what's what's one, been Auburn's a big issue has been turning the ball over. And so, um, you know, that's something. And then you look at the other side of the ball, and, you know, Austin Reed has 31 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 3,500 yards. So he's averaging about 320 yards a game. And then, you know, you look at them from a wide receiver group, Malachi Corley, 70 catches, almost 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. Daywood Davis, 60 for – you know, eight thirty-seven and seven touchdowns. They got another guy with five touchdowns, another with four, and a couple with three, and they spread it around. And so it's not just two guys. I mean, they'll throw it to anybody at any time. Uh, they got a lot of really good weapons, and this is a veteran, veteran offensive team. When you look at all these guys that played a ton of football, quarterback is a guy that won a national championship at West Florida in twenty nineteen. Um, so he's he's played and and won at D two level. You know, wide receivers are transfers. They play a lot of football. Um, it, it's going to be a challenge. Um, and and so you look at Auburn. Can you can they add what they've done offensively? That's going to be the thing I'm looking for. I think they've done some really good things in the run game. They've added some real some some things that really helped them kind of open up the run game a good bit. Got to find a way to throw the football. Got to find a way to throw the football and make some plays in the passing game because the last two games have been dreadful. And and the weather's played weather's played a role in that. Shouldn't be wet Saturday night. Not a ton of rain. It's going to be cold, but you got to find a way to, to to connect on some passes and make a few plays in the passing game. That's it, I, if you don't do that, you may be able to run it well enough to win on Saturday. Um, but but it's going to be it's going to be difficult. Um, is this a, you know seven and four? They don't have a huge signature win, but it but you know other than North Texas, you know not many people have just lined up and 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 run these guys out of the stadium this year. Yeah, and you know Indiana's not a very good team at all. They're one of the you know, toward the bottom there of the Power Five. Um, but Western Kentucky, to be fair, Auburn's not very good either. And Western Kentucky went on the road and only lost by a field goal there early in the season. Um, you know, Philip, we we talk every time Auburn you know plays an out of conference game against a against a smaller opponent like this. You know, we reference some of the close calls of the last few years, but and even this season against San Jose State, but. This is this is a little bit different of a situation here because this is not an Auburn team that is just rolling and has everything you know set up. This is a team that is playing a lot looser under Cadillac Williams, that's for sure. Um, and, and like he mentioned this week, he wants the fans to be just as supportive. He got up there and admitted he said, "Hey guys, I still need help. That was great on Saturday, but I I still need some help doing this thing." Um, this is a little bit different though in terms of number one, it's a very quality opponent, um, and number two, this isn't an Auburn team that. You know, I, I hesitate to say they don't care about winning or losing because they absolutely do. And you know, senior day, you know, guys like Papo and Derek Hall are going to go out there and, and play their guts out in their last game and inside Jordan Hare Stadium. Um, but for better or for worse, this is this is a team under Cadillac that is uh, not necessarily playing with a lot of pressure right now. Well, no, but if you're a player, it's important to you. And uh, and uh, it's uh, I guess I'm going to have to see. And I haven't watched Western Kentucky take a snap, so but I do know that they lost forty to thirteen to to North Texas. I do know that they lost to Troy. Uh, the, the you know the, the teams that have beaten them, they had many great teams in there. And uh, I, I still believe Auburn is is more talented than a team like that, and uh, and should win. Uh, now they are totally capable of giving the ball, giving the 
of giving the game away by turning it over. We all know that. We've seen that all through the course of the season. But uh, I believe Auburn should win the game. Uh, uh, but I'm sure Western Kentucky will come in here believing they should win. I mean, that's pretty – a pretty astonishing lot bet, betting line, really five and a half points. Uh, I'm not sure I can. Uh, I was trying to think of a group of five team, maybe South Florida in uh, in 2007, who got as high as number two in the nation at one point and beat Auburn in overtime. Maybe they were uh, up somewhere along those lines, but uh, it's. Uh, the biggest thing for Auburn to me is don't turn it over. If they don't turn it over, I think it'd be very difficult for West Kentucky to win. So I assume we've all I assume we've all got uh, got Auburn to win this game. I, I looked through and I don't remember seeing any any upsets. Um, Mark, for me, you look at you know I think the identity of these past couple teams that Auburn has faced is maybe a reason for optimism here because you know you had Mississippi State, which don't get me wrong, Will Rogers threw it around on them. A good bit but once that defensive line adjusted um the pass rush was really good in that game and then texas a&m is not a pass happy team at its core but it sort of had to be they you know, had to put the ball in connor wigman's hands over and over again because they didn't have their star running back and their other two running backs were pretty inexperienced so you look at auburn's past two opponents have thrown the ball a bunch and against those two teams auburn has eight sacks and three strip sacks over the past two games so to me it's like jason mentioned you know Nobody's better in college football and getting turnovers than this than this Western Kentucky defense. Um, if Auburn's able to play turnover free, I really think this defensive line has a good chance to, you know, Western Kentucky will score, but I do think they'll maybe create some opportunities for themselves just because we've seen them perform so well over the past couple of weeks. The way Western Kentucky's offense is set up, uh, they don't hold the ball long. So it's going to be hard for the Auburn defensive front to get to the quarterback, even if they, even if they uh, blitz. So, I think the big key is just like keep the plays in front of you, uh, tackle well. I thought last week's game was by far the best tackling game of the season. Jeff Schmetting, now that he doesn't have a uh, Brian Harson looking over his shoulder, has put in more tackling drills in practice. The players uh, certainly looked like they were better trained the last couple of games. Um, went from 22 missed tackles three games ago to 11. And there were very few this past game. And so I think the defense is going to do a solid job. But I do think Western Kentucky's passing game is so good that they're going to score some points. So to me, a big key, Nathan and guys, is look, Auburn needs to score on some explosive plays. They've got got a bunch of plus 20-yard plays this year, even have a pretty good number of 30 and 40 and 50-yard plus plays. But, um, you know, they – they haven't been scoring on all these things and they've been getting bogged down in the red zone offensively. And uh, so they've got to do better. You know, they do not need to settle for field goals in this game. They need to score touchdowns. If they score touchdowns, it's probably going to win. If they have to kick three or four field goals, they got problems. You know, we always kind of end this looking at a bunch of a uh, bunch of other games on the slate here. It's really, you know, the, the week before rivalry week, there's there's never a bunch. I think Ole Miss-Arkansas is probably the best game in the SEC um, this week. We'll see if Ole Miss is able to go in there. Of course, Arkansas gave Arkansas gave LSU everything they could handle. That was an LSU offense that had been humming the past few weeks. Of course, it was 
it was cold, but I mean, they st- that Arkansas defensive line was was able to get after him. Jason, I wonder what other games you're you're keeping an eye on this weekend. Of course, USC UCLA in that in that night spot is pretty pivotal for the Pac-12 race. Yeah, we went a clean sweep in our picks. Um, everybody picked picked USC. Um, it's, it's basically a neutral sider. I mean, it'll be just as many USC fans there as UCLA. It's technically on the road. Um, should be a big offensive matchup there. Bedlam is not is not that intriguing. Of course, yeah, you got the injury got situation. Two teams. I don't want to pick either one of them. To, right. If I could pick both those teams to tie, I would. If, after what they've done to me this year. Um, yeah, the Ole Miss Arkansas is really. It's one of the more interesting games. Uh, does KJ Jefferson play? If KJ Jefferson plays, then I think Arkansas may win the game. Uh, in faithful, it, it's going to be cold. Um, they can control the ball and run it now. It may be 38, 37 uh, if it takes that. But, you know, there, there's a couple of those I look at. And I look at, at Oregon. Uh, if Bo doesn't play, I, I just don't see a path that they can beat Utah. And so um, even if he does now that you know, he's kind of banged up, I don't know. I, that Oregon defense has been pretty bad. Utah's defense, I feel a little bit better. So that's an interesting game. It's a late night, 930 game, so we'll get to see that. So that's probably the – those are probably a couple of games that I'm kind of pointing to. Georgia at Kentucky, Georgia, and play great on the road, but man, I just don't. I don't see how Kentucky scores more than a nickel against uh, against this Georgia team right now. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with TCU and Baylor. Um, uh, you know, TCU might end up in the college football playoff. I don't think they will, but this is definitely one of their big hurdles because Baylor is a really talented, but a bit inconsistent team. So I'm curious to see what happens in the SEC. Florida going to Vanderbilt. Hey, can the Commodores win two in a row? I'm not all that convinced Florida's a really good football team. They're really sort of hot and cold. Um, you know, Vanderbilt comes out, plays really well. It might be an interesting game. Florida's had Vanderbilt's number for like four or five decades, but uh, who knows? Maybe Clark Lee's got something going up there in Nashville. I don't think so, but it's worth watching this one for a little bit. Yeah, Kentucky, Will Levis, I think he had 109 passing yards against like the 120th pass defense in the country against Vanderbilt. So I'm not necessarily betting on them to put up a bunch of points against uh, against Georgia. don't really see that one happening. Um, all yeah, right, I think Kentucky's offense has just fallen off the table. Yeah. It's um, – and, you know, people were talking about them challenging Georgia in the SEC East earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. That talk has dissipated completely. For sure. I keep on doubting, not doubting TCU, but I keep on just thinking their week is going to come at some point. And I thought it was going to happen last week against Texas. Still hasn't happened yet. That I don't know if I don't know at what point it will. This is like like you mentioned, Mark. This seems like kind of a week where it could. Um they just keep playing well. They just keep playing well, even in big road spots. It's back-to-back big road games for them in the state of Texas. Um, so we'll see how they perform. T- TCU and Baylor, historically, is a really fun game. Um, so that should be good. Yep. Um, anyway, we're, we'll we'll go ahead and wrap things up there, I think, um, for the night. We appreciate everybody for listening to this episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. If you guys enjoyed it, please go leave us a five-star review. That's the number one thing that helps us out. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode, we'll catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy the game. We'll talk to you all soon. Uh, Have our reaction episode with me and Jason after the game. Until then, talk to you all soon. Everybody enjoy the weekend and enjoy the game. 
if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.